0: Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezot Hashem will be learning daf nun hei in Masachos Ksubos. Um, we're going to start with the beginning of the paraka nandaladam and beiz. Right. That's right, Andrew. Ah, uh, falpi. Okay. Even though it, we're doing nun hei, we're starting on nandalad. Says the Mishnah. Ah, falpi sha'amur besulah govam masayim So we know already, because we're learning subis, that a basula gets 200 zuz in her ksuba, and the almana gets 100. So as the Gemara points out, you might have thought that that would be like a takana ksuba, meaning you can't no more, you can't give any less than that, and you also can't give any more than that. Because after all, you don't want to embarrass anybody, you want to keep it uniform. Good morning. So even though, says the Mishnah, we have this halakha of giving uh, 200 zuz to basula and 100 zuz to an if the chasan uh, wants to impress his Kala and express his extra special measure of love or whatever reason he wants to impress or whatever it is, wants to add it's called Tosefas Ksuva if he wants he can add even a hundred mana, presumably even more, right? He can add as much or, as much as he wants. right? A um, hundred mana is ten thousand zuz so he can add 10,000 is usually the amount that we say when we're saying an exaggerated huge amount, like an infinite amount. So he can add as much as he wants for this Tasefah's Ksuba. Himratza al Hosef, Yosef. Okay. Then, Nisarmala on in the event that one collects a Ksuba, when does one do so? Either in the case of death or divorce, when the marriage is terminated. mina and This is a Kiddush. This is whether this happens from after Nisuin or after Eresin, okay? As we mentioned yesterday, this is Machlokas later on, the Peites, whether uh, you have to give a Ksuba. But you certainly could give a Ksuba after Eresin. But we'll get into that. Gova es Hakol. Gova es Hakol. So that's the Chiddush. In other words, you could add a Tosefes to the Ksuba and you write it in. Don't forget the word Ksuba means written, right? So you write it in, this tosefas Ksuba, Uh, but that's not going to be considered like an added bonus. That's going to be considered part of your base salary, so to speak, of the ksuba, which is to say, it's not like the wife can... So we said yesterday, and we'll get into this a little bit more, um, we started mentioning in Almana, for example, she has an option. She can choose to be supported by the estate of her late husband, or she could take it up front in the form of a ksuba, and then she goes away, right? She She no longer gets the support of the estate. That's what we said yesterday. Okay, so the question is, what about if there's Tosephus Ksuba? So the Almana, can she, let's say, for example, collect her Tosephus Ksuba and continue to be supported from the estate as long as she's not collecting the base Ksuba? So the answer is no. Goves a Sakol, that whatever you do with the base, whatever applies for one aspect of the Ksuba, namely the base Ksuba, would apply to the Tosephus Ksuba as well. The Gemara will give us, Barry, no less than 14 examples in which the Tosefis Ksuba and the Ksuba themselves have the same halachas. So, coming attractions very soon. Okay, so that's the Tanakama. However, Verbalazar mm-hmm. makes a distinction between Nisuin and Erisin, and he says that you only are Govet Sakol from Nisuin. But, if, if you had Erisin, then what is it saying? It's saying like this, even if there was a Tosefis Ksuba written into the Ksuba. If all you had was Erison, according to Rabbi Lazar and and you never got to Nisuin, then you're not going to be go over the Tosefis Ksuba from after the Erison stage. There is a distinction. You only go over the base Ksuba. And what's the reason, in the morning? Shalo la ella almanas la That the reason why the Chasan wrote this Tosefes Ksuba, it's understood why he wrote it. He wrote it as a really, as a stipulation of Nisuin, not so much of just the Erisin, right? After all, we, we, we talked about this. There There is, um, right, a correlation between the Ksuba and the obligation of Ksuba and Erisin, that's the Machlokas and Pei test, but it's really more related to the obligations of Nisuin. And so that is, from there comes Rashita the to Shabbalah Nazaria that whereas, even if you hold that Ksuba min Erisin, the mana and matayim, the base ksuba, would be the, the um, right, the almana would be entitled to it from the erison already, even if they never got a chance to do nisuin, the Tosefah's ksuba would not be, according to Rabbi Ben Nazariah. Okay, so now the Mishnah continues, it says, If a husband wants to What's going on here? So we talked, uh, the first part of the Mishnah, David talks about the maximum amount that you can add to a ksuba and discusses the idea of tosef ksuba that you are entitled uh to add more and write it into ksuba and as we'll see in the gemara that is part of the ksuba now we're talking about the minimum amount can you give a ksuba for less than Manauma time and the answer is you cannot so much so how the Rabbi Yehuda has to come up with a patent he has to come up with a shtick of fiction in order to allow somebody who can't afford a ksuba. So let's say you have a guy. Uh, he's marrying a basula, but he can only af- can afford 50, uh, right, 50 zuz. So what is he going to do? He's going to write a ksuba like everyone else for time, And she, in turn, wanting to marry this guy and willing to marry him with a 50 shekel ksuba, is going to take this 200 shekel ksuba that's written in the shtar, but give him a receipt for 150 shekel of it. Right? That receipt is not... It's like a fiction, as Rashi says, right? So he says, She's writing him a receipt for an amount that she never received. Well, it's not like really he owes her uh, money, but he didn't really give her money. She's writing a receipt for 150 shekel. It's a formal way... Of forfeiting the rest of the ksuba, and why do you need to have that formal way in order to keep the writing of the ksuba uniform? So the ksuba is never written for less than two hundred zuz. That's the that's what's going on here. So amazingly, that's what reviews are saying. That's how you give less. You never write it less than in a, in a ksuba, but you can actually get a write a receipt from the kala and therefore, in effect, pay in less. Okay, so that's what it says, just to read it again inside. He's going to write to the Fsula, let's say it's in case of the Fsula, he's going to give a star that has 200 Zuz, and she writes the receipt that she received 100, or, you know, any other amount, uh, less than 200. And similarly, in the case of the almana, he's going to write a Ksuba that says 100, as is, right, the Halacha by an almana. And she writes that I received 50, and therefore he is in fact only paying in 50. Now Rabbi Meir Omer, he's going to argue with Rabbi Huda. It sounds like he's going to say, the Gemara is going to discuss exactly what he's saying, but I'll say it outside first. It sounds like he's going to say that this fiction does not work, that you actually have to pay in either 100 or 200. If you don't have the 200 Zuz to marry a basula, then maybe you should, and you only have a 100, maybe you should marry an almana. You cannot write... You cannot write less than 200. Now, of course, nobody's paying the ksuba at the time of the marriage, right? This is not like, uh, this is not the kesef with which one is makadish, a woman. But um, he's going to have to come up with the money in the event, uh, or the estate will have to come up with the money in in the event of a ksuba. Let's read it inside. So that's an interesting thing. In other words, if you, if you write it in the ksuba an amount less than 200 for a besula or 100 for the almana, then it would be bi'ilas nus, which is what we said is the halacha of having no ksuba at all. In other words, one is not, this bi'ilas nus is what well, chazal instituted, right? Chazal were the ones that essentially instituted the ksuba. And as we pointed out at the very beginning ksubas, you know, whether it took on a the arisa sort of status is a machlokas, but be that as it may, Chazal instituted the ksuba and said that any body who doesn't know where the ksuba is better know where the ksuba is because they're not allowed to have a right to, to be together, to cohabit, because that is a bi'ilas nus. So not only is that true if you can't find your ksuba, but also if your ksuba is written for a, def- a deficient amount according to Rabbi Mayer, now, It could be he's arguing with Rabbi Huda in that sense, because Rabbi Huda himself doesn't allow for a ksuba to have an amount written less than money or time in it, right? And that, on that, they, they might agree. The Question would be, um, would the mayor also have a problem with this fict- fictitious uh, receipt? Does that compromise the original suba in any way? Anyway, that's for the Gemara, not for us now. Uh, coming attractions, Barry, something for you uh, that's gonna get you out of bed tomorrow, God willing. In the meantime, let's go out to the Gemara. And the Gemara asks Peshitta, it's obvious that you should be able to add it to Sephach Why shouldn't you be able to give gifts to your Kala? Why should you not be able to lavish her with promises and gifts? So says the Gemara. Yeah, you might have thought that the Chazal, in their wisdom, they gave a minimum amount, but they also gave a maximum amount because they don't want. Why? Says the Gemara. Yeah, you might have thought we don't want to embarrass anybody who can't afford more than money time, and therefore. Why would we want to have a Ksubis war where this shtaltzi guy gives a Tosefes of 10,000 zos and this other guy gives 20,000 zos and now if you only give him money a time you feel like a loser? We don't want to do that. We want to kind of weddings. We want everybody to have the same wedding so that nobody shtaltzes anybody out. Shalach we don't want to get out of hand. Pesach programs, everybody should just stay home. Well, Chazal wanted things to not get out of hand in terms of the conspicuous consumption of materialism. And maybe therefore that would apply to the ksuba amount as well. Come, Malan, No, we allow the ksuba amount to be uh, exorbitant. Okay, you're allowed to do that. Okay. So now the next thing, Imratul lahosif. Okay. So if he wants to add, so, the, so now the gemara makes. So we said right in the mission. If you want to add, you can. But now the gemara is going to hone in on this lashon of lahosif. Says the gemara, ratzal Law. la. Aha. So what do you learn from that? The Rashi points this out. He actually talks out the lambdas. I'll say it outside. That had it said, if you want to write an extra Tosephus Ksuba, so those are two separate writings, Andrew. You have the writing of the Ksuba and you have the writing of the Tosephus. And those are like two different staras, so to speak. But if you say lahosif so this is the where we launch the conversation of Hosef means that it's part and parcel of the original Ksuba writing. So that's the Lashon that Rashi has, an interesting uh, Lashon, the Shame Ksuba alav That's the Lashon in Rashi. That the Shem Ksuba Alav means that even this Tosefes has a status of Ksuba, as we will see in 14 different ways. So that is significant. Just the Lashon, the Hosef, is tipping us off that in any way in which a k'suba is going to have certain halachas, the uh, tosefah k'suba will have the same halachas applies to it, as the Gemara continues to say that Messiah Rabbi Aivo, Amar Rabbi Rabbi Aivo, Amar Rabbi Tnai k'suba dami. That all the conditions of the k'suba, Rashi points out, Tnai k'suba is the tosefes, right? Why? Because shehu masna lehosiflo. Yeah. In other words. Tznai ksuba technically means any tznai. We know tznai is like a stipulation. But tznai, Rashi's pointing out, is more broadly used here to mean, not like, oh, if you do this, not like a tznai b'nei gara b'nei ruvain right? If you do this, I will do that, per se. But it means any stipulation, any addition, any qualification in the ksuba is considered, once it's written in the ksuba, to have the status of the ksuba as we shall see, right? And that is a statement of Ivar Amar Yannai, and that is... um a support, right? So our Mishnah, by using the, the word Yematzah instead of Lichtov, is supporting this idea that, the, that whatever extra stipulation you write in the Ksuba will also be have the status of the Ksuba in the following 14 ways. Nafkamina, right? The following 14 implications as follows. Lemocheres. Okay, so now we're starting a list here. So if you look, as we will arrive soon at Daphne and Hay, Da, uh, Daf Aleph doesn't have a lot of words, and Daf Beis, Andrew, even fewer words. But it packs a punch. It's dense here. So let's go through all 14 cases. Lemocheres. means, as we mentioned yesterday, a woman can treat her ksuba as currency, like futures, in a sense, right? She could sell her rights. Okay, so if she's selling her rights to the ksuba and all she says is, you hereby get rights to my ksuba, so it's true, you could look at the amount and maybe figure out from there, but maybe you can't, so let's set that aside. The main point here is that if she just mentions in some sort of document uh, right, um, com- of commerce, uh, a sale, a document of sale of her ksuba, my ksuba, right, and that's all it says in the legal work, it assumes both the base, monoma time, as well as the tosefis ksuba. It's implied that that sale, Whatever applies to the base applies to the Tosefis Ksuba as well. That's Nafkamina number one of how the Tosefis Ksuba is considered part of the Ksuba. Nafkamina number two, Mocheles. Okay, as we've said, a woman, a, a widow, let's say, can choose to be supported, right, by her late husband's estate until she collects her Ksuba. So that would apply to the base Ksuba as well as to the Tosephus Ksuba. So for example, Barry, she can't, Collect the Tosef, she can't say, you know what, don't give me the base ksuba yet, because that'll mean that I don't longer get supported. Give me the Tosefis ksuba now, and I'll continue to get supported, and I'll let you know when I'm ready to move on, and I'll do so when I collect the base ksuba. It's not how it works, man. You have to, right, collect them both together, right? So that's what it means with mochelas. Okay. Lem Okay, Rashi explains that later on, Davsamach Gimel will talk about moredes abala, that's basically a wife who just absolutely behaves, uh, not necessarily in a, uh, she, she's rebelling against her husband. It's not necessarily halachic rebellion or anything like that, per se, but it is halachic implications. In other words, there's certain acts of rebellion that we'll see where she gets basically a knas, where we start eating into her ksuba with, for, uh, in exchange for her behavior. Well, when we do so, we're gonna eat into her, We Chazal took on right, the rights to eat into her Tosephus Ksuba just like into her Ksuba itself, okay? Let Pogemis, Pogemis here, Rashi explains, so again, each one of these is a sugi in its own right. Pogemis is a woman who um, admits to having received only part of her Ksuba, okay? So as we'll see, in that sense, she's, a, she's compromising her Ksuba, okay? And so when she does so, it doesn't matter whether she compromised part of her Tosefas ksuba or her base ksuba. It's going to have all those same halachas. And we'll, and we'll go through, right, all of these halachas on Daf Pei zayin, right, on how this happens. But the point is, she can't collect, right, the balance of the ksuba once she admits that she had partial payment of the ksuba until she swears. And again, even in that scenario, the base and the tosefus ksuba are considered as one conglomerate. Right, it doesn't matter whether she swear where she admits to one or the other, she still has to swear, swear on both, right? Uh as if they're just one part of one uh payment. So that's nafkamina number uh three, uh four. Now nafkamina number five, Letovas Tovas. So this is a woman now, she's demanding her ksuba. So there again, right, Rashi point is gonna point out based in right? So this is what we said. That that's the of the Almana. Once she gets the Ksuba, and she demands it, she no longer gets supported. Okay, and that would be true whether, as we've said, whether she's Tovas, the Tosefis Ksuba, or the Beis Ksuba, Ulo Overes Aldas. Okay, so Overes Aldas is more severe in a certain sense than the Moredes. This is a woman who, as Rashi explains, as as we explained, Daf Ayn Beis. So, what we're doing now, Barry, is we're taking a tour of all of Ksubas, of all different permutations of different ways that a woman can collect and all different compromises that can happen. And in all of these ways, the Tosephas Ksuba and the Ksuba are going to be the same. I'll, I'll, um, as we are about to arrive in Hei I should point out that the great Tafiomi Master, Rabbi Ari Elib, points out, is this an exhaustive list? Does this mean that the Tosephas Ksuba is like the Ksuba in every way? Machlokes. Rabbi Tam would say yes, but there are some scenarios where it would seem like the two are not the same. Uh, we already had a little taste of it in the Mishnah, right? Where Rabbi Lozab ben Azariah thought there was a difference between Ayerson and Nisuin. Um, so that's Machlokas Rishonim, whether this is an exhaust like, when you point out 14 different Nafkamedes, does that mean that's the same for everything? Or only these 14? Sometimes a list like this would imply that this is, these are the, every one of the 14 ways, and any other way they're different. Be that as it may, Oberes, al the last Rashi and Adalam and Bez, uh, points us to Ayn Bez, where uh, it, it's uh, the kind of behavior where not only do we start giving you a knas and reducing your ksuba, but this is a more severe type of behavior. You did something connected like the very essence of the religion and the marriage k'das Moshe israel, and therefore, what do you do? shelo This is a more severe thing. You're not just getting. A knast, but you're losing your ksuba altogether. You have to terminate the marriage and and without a ksuba. So that would be uh, true of the in, the base ksuba and be true of the tosefes ksuba as well. That case of averet al-Adas. As we finally arrive um, at the top of nunheim adalaf. Yes, I'll read the rest of that Rashi. Barry found something good in the Rashi. Barry, you ruined it because we're in Daf 55 and it was 5.55. But okay, I'll read the Rashi anyway. So, al so, dat. So, we'll read the Rashi. The later on in That she goes out in this situation where she's al Ha'adat, as we described, she goes out without a ksuba at all. Okay, so right, the marriage is terminated without a ksuba. So we say over here, Lo teim a in mon time. That Taitsa Shalobi Ksuba, which is referenced to Daphain base, is not referring to the base Ksuba of maner or Mataim, Aval Tosefes Matanabe Alma lo Sida. Which is to say, that's what we don't say. In other words, we don't say that the Tosefes is a gift, like part of the gifts of the, that a Chasim wants to give to the Kala, like in the Yichud room or whatever. We do not say that. We say, on the contrary, that that Tosefis time does not have the status of Matana, but has the status of the base Ksuba. And therefore, when she is over Al-Hadas, she loses both. In other words, right? Like, in other words, when she's over Al-Hadas, there is no halacha that says she has to give back the bracelet she got in the Yichud room. It, she just has to lose her Ksuba. So, what we're saying is that Tosefis Ksuba does not have the status of the bracelet of the Yichud room. It has the status of the Ksuba itself, and she loses that as well. Is that, is that clearer? Okay, um, okay. so now, on to the 7th Naft as we arrive at the Daphne and Hamadalf, at the still hopefully manageable time at 5.57 a.m. So we say the Shevach. So that's appreciation of the land. Okay, yeah. As we're going to see, Ksubas is collected. I mean, we're learning Masechus Eventually, There's no way of getting around learning this at some point, Andrew, that a Ksuba is collected from Karka. Um, why is that? Well, you have to have it designated it becomes complicated otherwise. If you give cash, then which cash is it? It's an extra cert- It's an extra level of certainty when you could point to a plot of land and say, that's where I'm going to collect from. Otherwise, how do I know that it's going to be there when I need it, Barry, right? So that's number one. But not the best of your land. Ziburis, the worst of your land. But that is the halacha. But be that as it may, when it comes to that land, so let's say the land appreciated. So that's the first Rashi in Heim Adal. uh right, LeShevach. What, what are we talking about, shevach? Well, so after the death of the Baal, this is in contrast, as Rashi points out, of b'chor and aleph, with regards to what happens with a b'chor, let's say. So now let's contrast it as follows. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so the father dies. So now he leaves a wife and he leaves children. And one of the children is the b'chor. So the Bechor is going to get Pishnayim. What ended up happening? Um, so Yoni Baron, right, moved next door. So he moved next door. Now the property value goes up. It triples, okay? After the father dies, the property value triples. The, the Bechor is not going to get, right, um, it says over there, the Bechor is not going to get Pishnayim, right? In other words, now the appreciation... Um, is not going to go to him, which is to say, the pishnaim that a gets is based off of the evaluation of the property at the time of the death of the father. Okay? That's when pishnaim is determined. That's when his double portion is determined. Any appreciation that, go, that happens after that will be split evenly amongst the rest of the brothers. Okay? Now, that would be true, right, and a bach- of a woman also with regards to her herksuba, which is to say, they set aside a specific field, okay? That field was meant for the woman. It was the Ziburus, that's meant for her Ksuba, okay? Now, um, in addition to that field, so let's say, let's take the easiest case, Barry. We left a certain field for the base Ksuba and like a certain field adjacent to it for the Tosephus Ksuba, right? And all of them increased in value after the death of Right, the the, the the Baal. So just like this is not in contrast, but it's the same, just like a Bahor doesn't get Pishnaim um based off of that appreciation, but he gets only the Pishnaim of the base, right? So too the wife, when she gets the Xuba she gets the Xuba based on the evaluation that it was at the time of the death. So the rest of would go to the estate, right? So, if let's say the plot of land of the base k'suba was worth one hundred thousand dollars at the time of the death of her husband, so and now it's worth five hundred thousand dollars, she's only going to get one hundred thousand dollars because that's what it was worth at the time of death. The remaining four hundred thousand dollars will be split up amongst the estate. That they get, they get that um, appreciation, and that applies to the field that's made, that's meant to set aside for the base k'suba as well as the field that's set aside for the Tosefis k'suba. Okay. Lishvua, so as Rashi explains, what's Shvua over here? So Shvua is all the things. <laughs> There's cases of Nifraz Shalabifanov, right? There's going to be all these cases of uh, types of moda bimixas that we've already alluded to, right? Types where she says, I already got some of it, once she already says she already got some of it, now we don't know. Did you get what? Did you get? We, we're going to make her swear. And we'll see cases case of that still today if we're fortunate enough. And all of those things, right, will apply. And we're going to treat, again, the base ksuba and the tosefsuba ksuba as one unit, right? So, for example, if she agrees to have received a portion of the Tosefis ksuba, and now we're going to make her swear that she didn't receive the rest of the ksuba, any amount of swear, any amount and any part of that ksuba will be treated as if it's part of the base. Okay. Vilashvius. What's happening in Shemitah? Wait a minute. A ksuba doesn't get forgiven at Shemitah. Right? We, this is, uh, I guess, a dafiyomi coincidence because it's a shemitah here. So the point is, shemitah, right, all the loans get forgiven, and that's why you have to write a provisible. Pr- pr- but the ksubas never get forbidden. So what's going on, or f- forgiven? So the answer is, let's say this is a ksuba, as we've said, that she's already used it as commerce. She's leveraged it in some way on, in a loan format. And therefore, uh, any one of those uh, halachas that apply Right? Not for now to get into every detail of that halacha, but any a part of that halacha that would apply to the ksuba, the base ksuba would apply to the Tosefas ksuba as well. Okay, case number 10. Right? So, so Rashi explains this is like a ksuba workaround. This is a very unique case. Um, right? This is going to be uh, discussed actually in Yesh Nochlin and in Gittin, but particularly in Yesh Nochlin, which is uh, inheritance, an inheritance portion that's in actually at the end of a, towards the end of a Basra, be that as it may, what's the workaround? As follows. We know that there are certain obligations that the husband has when he passes away. Well, he wants to make a living will and he wants to distribute everything while he's still alive. Shout out to Milti Pfeiffer Shlita. He has like a whole organization of him and a whole bunch of like great-grandparents and it's called something like Spend Your Kids Jerusha. They go on like trips to UNESCO heritage sites and they he, it's it's tongue in cheek. But the point is, in this particular case, he wants to dictate where the money is going to go while he's still alive. And he's literally, Kosov ko called Levanov. He's selling off all his Nechasov. Well, he can't really do that. He has to leave something for his wife. Uh, so what is he going to do? So he's going to, as Rashi says, Kosov ka kol Kolshehu, right? Um, and therefore, he's going to, um, he's going to be. He's going to be kosev right, Levonis. He's going to set aside, and he's just going to say this land is set aside for her suba. And it is assumed when he does so that that is going to be a, a a land, as we said, and it's going to be ziburis, as we pointed out. This will also be pointed out in Gittin and all of those halachas also would apply not only. Uh, to the base ksuba, but also to the right Tosefas ksuba. And as we've just said, Bosmina Karka number 11, Umina Ziburis, right? That the that it's taken from not the best choicest land, but from the right least, the most inferior uh, karka. But be that as it may, those halachas apply to the ksuba as well as to the Tosefas ksuba. And then further, Ah, uh, so that's another halacha. What's the halacha of Bevesa bebeisavia? That is something that we are learn in this mesachdan kuf dalid that so long as this is referring to something that we already alluded to yesterday, the almana, right? What um, and we alluded to this machlokas, but there's base a base halacha which is what happens if the almana. Remember we said yesterday beveso uh, velo the word for for or whatever the word for a shack that there are scenarios where the almana gets kind of like evicted from the household and we say, do you have to give her masonos? Do you not have to give her masonos? So let's say a scenario where she goes back, when she becomes a widow, she goes back to live with her parents, okay? So during that time, so she can, in fact, be Gova Diksuba, but a fascinating thing, a fascinating thing that when she lives in uh, her, her late husband's house, and she's staying, then what is the statute of limitations of how long they have to support her? The answer is indefinitely. Whereas when she moves back to her own family's house and be supported by there, there is a statute of limitations. She's still, according to the shita, that she still has to get in and be supported. She still gets supported, but not indefinitely. Statute of limitations, how long? 25 years, okay? Giving new meaning to the phrase 25 to life. It's no joke, Barry. You have to be supported either twenty-five years in the uh her own family's estate or indefinitely in her late husband's estate. So that halacha of twenty-five or or forever is going to apply, and again, this is until she's to the ksuba, but that's gonna to apply to whether until she's tove the base ksuba or the tesefah k'suba. And the fourteenth and final one, Uluksuvas bin Dichrin, this is gonna uh bring us to the next the rest of the Gemara. What's going on with Suvas Benin Dikhrin? As follows, we've already pointed out a few times, but never hurts to do Chazara. A father gives a dowry to his daughter, and this is a case where she predeceases her husband. When she predeceases her husband, that dowry is gonna go to who? Well, if this Hasan is married to a bunch of other women, he doesn't want this uh, dowry to go to the rest of, right, to, to the other sons from the other marriages, because he wants. that's why he's giving the dowry. We want to encourage fathers to give big dowries, right? And we want to encourage everybody to, right, not uh, to, to, to think of the best case scenario. But in this particular case, it is a stipulation that Chazal imposed upon the dowry that it goes only to the sons of, to her sons, not to the other male children, okay? And that would apply to Sefas to Ksuba and to the Ksuba as well. And we're going to flesh this out um, a little bit more as follows. Okay, so so fine. So now, right, um, the, in other words, the point is, just like the sons are going to inherit the dowry, right, um, and the ksuba, they're also going to inherit the Tosefeth ksuba as well in that case. Okay. So now, we're going to have like four different machloksin that relate to this. We got, we're going to launch a ksuba conversation between two massive, famous yeshivas in Babel that of pumpedisa and that of what we I always called masa Machsia, but the real way of saying it is masa machasya. Okay. Itmar. Okay. So let's get back to this dowry issue. Pumpadisa amri lotar from Mishabdi Okay. There's a mishnah. Okay. The mishnah says the word Yersun. This is the uh, well. It, there's two different Gersas. This was the mishnah in Bays. What does yarsun mean? Inheritance, what's going on here like this? Okay, can you collect Ksuvas b'nin Dichrin, this dowry from Mimishabdi? Well, if it's from if it's a Yerusha, says so from whatever is left, whereas, it, whereas if it's uh, Yisvun, right? It's all uh, how you read the girsa, right? Yisvun means they're going to take, then it's from the Kuchos. What do I mean? As follows. So, um, the dowry is given uh, and the guy, the husband moves on with his life and he does business deals, right? Okay. Now, Ksuz means that that dowry now is going to have to be paid in the event that he dies. So, the question is, that in the event that he dies, now when a person um, is yorish, right? When you're talking about an inheritance. So, yorshin cannot collect from the Kuchos, which is to say as follows. Let's say, right, a man, okay, has business deals and he owes and. And, and he has money coming to him and he has money that he owes. Whatever happens after he dies, that after death, the Yershim are going to have the money as is. Which is to say they can't go to Lakuchas and say, you know, when you, bought the, uh, when you bought whatever it is that you bought, friend of our father, then you should have known that when my father dies, that you're going to have to pay us because we're entitled to the inheritance. That is ridiculous. They're not entitled to it. They're only entitled to whatever their father leaves over, right? They can't go back and claim l'kuchos, which is, right, uh, lands and all these other things that the father had sold off for money. They can't go and collect those lands. Those lands don't owe to them. They get the estate and the portfolio in the state that it's in. So what that means is yorshin. If you say that they're yorshin, so then they're inheritors, which means tough luck, in other words, you're supposed to get the dowry back. You're supposed to get the Ksubus been Dichrin. You should be able to collect it, but you can't collect it from people that already bought the land. They bought the land. If, and if you're yourshin, then you don't get that land. They bought it and it's tough on you. As opposed to if you, if you treat them as if they are Lekuchos, right? Yos Yisvun. So then it, they, it's as if those land that the father did business with were already committed to the dowry. And that is a machlokes between two massive yeshivas in Babel as to how you treat this dowry. Do you treat this dowry, Andrew, as if the Baal owes it to those children from the beginning? Which is to say he really shouldn't have sold it off. Or at least if he sold it off, whoever bought the land should know that they may end up having to pay up. If the father dies, they're going to pay up. Those are l'kuchos, those are mishubados. They are already pre-committed to the, to the sons. That is that is if they're considered already committed to them from the get-go. But if they get it like any and inhar- any other inheritance, then they cannot pick up from Mishubadim. So that's what the makhlukas, first Makhlukis was, right? So just reading inside, Pump Pumpadissa Lotar Mishabdi, right? In the Yeshiva Pumpadisa they said that this dowry can't be collected from already right Nachasa Mishubadim, which had been sold off because you are Sun because they have the status of Yorshim, and as we've said, Yorshim cannot collect from the Chasim Mishubadim. However, that in fact you could collect. This is a pre-existing, uh, um, right, Chov. This is a pre-existing um, obligation that the husband has, and therefore, even once he sold it off, those who bought it should have been cautioned and forewarned that that's going to have to go back for the Chasim din if you say, in fact, that the Lushan is Yisvun. And what's a is that it's like yorshim. You don't collect from Mishabadim, like in Pumbadisa, Yirsun none, Because it says Yersun. Okay. Okay, second machlok Metaltali. bei nahu. This is an interesting thing. Really, you're supposed to collect the Ksuba from uh, Karka. Why do we say it? So if you understand the logic behind it, you can understand this part of the Gemara. The logic is we want the woman to know where her Ksuba stuff is. So we say that's the lot. Okay. What about if you want to give her a bank account, an escrow? Metaltalin is complicated because metaltolin can disappear. Well, you know, land can't disappear. And you can't steal, really. You can't you sort of like can't steal land, or even if you do, we know where it is. We could get it back. But if somebody steals metaltalin, it's gone. So what happens if metaltolive isn't be Okay, so let's take, let's say this husband owns the Mona Lisa, okay? So it's isnu beinai. So the Ksuba, she's getting the Mona Lisa. Okay, that's a painting, uh, Andrew. Um, so yeah, he's he's been in Baltimore very long. He's not as cultured as Dave. Now, so the Mona Lisa is a very valuable painting. Okay. So now, if you have the <clears throat> painting, that's like karka in a sense, because everybody knows that this is the Mona Lisa and what it's worth. So that's as long as it's still here. So then, below shvuah, everybody could agree. Both yeshivas could agree that she could collect the k'suba. She doesn't have to swear that that she didn't take it or anything. It's, we're looking right at it, so it would be the same as as karka. Remember, she could collect the k'suba without a shvuah in a sense in in the case of karka. So here too, mitatalin typically um, maybe she would have to have a shvuah, as we'll see. But if we see it right in front of our eyes and she doesn't have to swear, she collects it. It has the same din as karka because we're looking right at it. However, if the Mona Lisa is gone, and now she says, okay, well, I'll take the fifty billion dollars worth value of it, so then Pumpadisa Amri Beloshwa Pudisa is gonna say, you still don't have to uh, swear. However, bnei Masa Machasya Amri Bhishwa. In that case where it's gone, she's gonna to have to swear. Why? Because maybe she took it. Right? We don't see it. That's the typical halacha by Metaltalin that she has to swear. Why would Pumpadisa say that we doesn't have to swear. And by the way, Vilchus and we pascan again that, like Pumbedisa, that she does not have to swear. So how is this? So um, says Rashi. The cave and the ibud, honey, lo atafsa achrini, the chol nechasev of leksuva, but nifras mina Right, that it says this one got lost, lo atafsa achrini, that nobody else uh, took it. Okay, what these are? These are lost below Shavua. And this one was lost, but it's assumed that nobody else took it, okay? Um, everything else is achrayin um, l'ksubasa. Interesting that for some reason, um, it's not, we don't assume, because it's a designated, uh, you know, valuable item, we don't assume that she, that, that she took it. And, she, and it's not like regular metaltolin, right? It's, in other words, like this. There's only one genuine article when it comes to the Mona Lisa, right? The reason, and this is what Pumbadisa reasoned, the reason why you have to swear on is because that's like money is like Yosef and Nicholas, right? It's like it comes and goes. You don't know what, where what's coming or going. But here the fact that it's like a very designated thing of which there is no other, then it is no different than Karka. So in one way it's different, in one way it's not. Karka is unique in two ways. Number one it's obviously identifiable. Number two, it's not going to disappear. This Mona Lisa only has one of those two characteristics, right? It's easily identifiable. So therefore, but it doesn't have the second characteristic and therefore you have the smachlokas. Do you treat it because it's easily identifiable like karka? That's what Rashi's explaining, Pumpadisa. yes. And therefore you don't have to swear. Or the fact that it's gone, should you treat it like (laughs) Mitaltilim? I may have said like that. That's Masam Machasya say, but we don't Paschal like that. We Paschal like Pupadisa. It's treated like Third, Machlokas. If he designated the land and he delineated all four boundaries. So then below Shvuah, right? That's a very clearly delineated area. You don't have to swear. Bechad Metzor. But what if he just said, by the side of the road, by Greenspring Avenue? Well, how far back does it extend, Andrew? So there, Pupadisa Army below Shvuah. So again, Puppetisa was making all of these. And that yeshiva, they said, it's clear enough. You said, oh yeah, that plot by, by Green Spring Avenue, you don't have to bring a shvua." And so again, this is within that, even within the delineation, Puppetisa didn't need the clearest of four-corner cor- four delineation. Just a basic delineation is enough for the wife to collect with that shvua. We see the Pupadisa they're trying to protect the wife from having to, uh, to make too many shru'as over here. Whereas, masa yeah, not so much. They say she has to collect with the shvuah because you don't know exactly how far back this land goes. And the Lacha is like pumpadisa there too. And the fourth, and I believe, uh, final, Okay, man says to witnesses, okay, go sign and give it to a recipient. This already doesn't have it. Does not have to do with the ksuba anymore. Now we're really getting. We're we're drifting off into other parts of shas. This is like you want to give a gift certificate and you do it through a document like a gift certificate um, that you through a shliach kanu Mine, and the witnesses right made a kinyan let's say like a kinyan suder on behalf of the recipient lo luchabe. Then both yeshivas would agree that you don't have to consult with him. Um, before, in other words, there's no chance. So again, you have a donor and a recipient. There's no chance that the donor, the giver of the gift certificate is going to change his mind. And so therefore before, so we're going to go back to Barry and Andrew, old school. Barry gives Andrew a gift certificate and and he does so and they make a Kenyan suitor. Everybody agrees. Nobody has to go check with Barry before we give it to Andrew. We, we know that this was his intent. However, low condominate. You didn't make, let's say, a Kenyan sudar. You didn't lift the pen or whatever it was. Therefore, we don't have to check with Barry. We know still that this was his intent, right? He said he wants to give Barry the the Andrew the gift certificate. He gave it to Shalichim, so we know that was his intent. However, no, without the Kenyan, official Kenyan, there's always a chance that Barry's going to have a change of heart and he's going to change his mind, we know that their relationship has been up and down for a long time, and therefore we do have to double-check with Barry before giving the gift certificate to Andrew. And in fact, the Hilchasa Tzarechim Luchibay. There, the, we pass in again, like Pumpadisa, that you do have to consult, right, uh, I'm sorry, this is the Masa, this is, this is how they ruled in Masa Machasya, that Tzarechim Luchebe. in that, so in all the Ksuba areas we well, Mika like Pumpadisa, but in this gift certificate we're Mahmer like Masa Machasya, where we have to check. I guess as a form of a hummer, we have to check with Barry. We have to go through that extra step before giving a gift certificate to Andrew. So now, seven lines up. Um, Rebbelazer ben Azariah. So this was the case where we said that the Tosephus, according to Rebbelazer ben Azaria, that that only applied once you had Nisuin, but not at the state of Aresin. Says the Gemar, Itmar. Rab, Rabbi Nassan, halachik, Rabbi halachik, Rabbi in other words, Rabbi Nazaria says that we assume that all of this sasafas that's written in the ksuba, even though it's already written, it was the it was the intent of the Baal to only give it once there's nisuin, not once there's erasin. So what, somebody holds like 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 this, either Rab or Rabbi Nasan, and somebody doesn't, but we don't know who. Says the Gemara, time that Nasan who to It would make the most sense that Rabbi Nasan holds like Rabbi bin ben because we know from a different context that he goes based on Umdana, which means as follows: that he holds that we can assume what the das is and apply halachic significance to it. So again, when you look at the ksuba, it doesn't indicate. Oh, my intent was only for this Tosafos ksuba to apply. Uh, uh, Nisuin doesn't say anything like that just says here's your Tosefus Ksuba but Rabbi Lazar bin Azaria holds but that was not his intent his intent was that she only get it if there's Nisuin well who else holds that we can assume intent and read it into the words like uh, Lahavdil Af like reading the intent of the founding fathers into the constitution like uh, who says this so uh, the Amar Rabbi Nassan Halakha Rabbi Shimon Shizuri Bin Besukan a different context that is like a shrim in Missouri. In the case of a mesukan, a mesukan is a dangerously ill person, like a shriv meira, where whatever he says, uh, he doesn't get the chance. He's 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 under duress, right? So he doesn't doesn't get the chance. That's a whole different case than mesukan. The mesukan is um, in is fleshed out in Gittin, right, where he says uh le ishti. So really he's supposed to say Kisvivanisu, right? Kasa Vinusan as we'll see. That's what the Pasuk says. But he so you're supposed to say to give both right directives in order for the get to work. But the guy was obviously under great duress. He was very sick. He was in a he was in a panic and so he only says Kisw. But we know that he meant Kisfu v So we don't say oh the get it doesn't work. We say the get does work. That's what Shimon Shazuri says in Gitin. That's what Rabbi Nasan agrees with. And then the second case of Trumus Meiser shall demai. The case of Trumas Meiser shall demai. You have to look at the fourth Barak of demai, the first mishnah, and you get to this issue of Trumas Meiser shall demai, where we also assume a person's intent. What do we assume the person's intent? It's a complicated uh, scenario. Rashi talks you through it. That mishnah hebe maseches demai and we're This small amount of lines that pack a punch, but be that as it may, right? It's a question of demai that went back into a case of Khulin. And in that in that particular case, you can ask an Amar Aretz, right, uh, even on Chol, typically on Shabbos, just to give you a little taste of it, on Shabbos, because of Onik Shabbos, we believe the amaritz. What is demai, right? If you're learning the al demai, demai is we don't know where the Miser was taken off. So in the case of Miser, on Shabbos, you can ask, did you take off Miser? Because you can't take off Miser on Shabbos. It would destroy the Onik Shabbos and we believe him. What does belief have to do with with intent, well, because we're we're believing the guy for intent, and there's a, and it's not really related to it. This is just a second case where Shimon ben Shazuri uh, is going to say that even on chol, right, on chol, where there's no onik Shabbos, when it comes to a case where there's a hefset gadol, what's that case? So in a case of regular meiser, there's no great hefset because you could just take off the meiser, right? In a case of regular demai. And therefore, it's only on Shabbos that you're allowed to ask the Amorites. But in a case where it was then mixed back in with, for the Trumas Meiser into a bunch of chulen, and now the entire set of chulen, you can have a big financial loss because you can have to sell the whole thing to a coin. So there, even Bacol, Rav Shimon Shazuri would agree that you're allowed to ask the Amorites. What does that have to do with intent? Nothing. It's just the other case that Shimon Shazuri Agreed to, but the first case of the shemira was a case where we see that the intent matters. We can't speculate uh, to, as to the intent, and as we'll see, that also applies to Rav Luzzman Azaria's portion of the Mishnah. We're going to see maybe that is an indication that is the author is Rabbi Nasan. As we will see tomorrow, Rav also has a case where the individual's intent is can be assumed and have halachic significance. And our intent is to finish nun heyam and Bez tomorrow very quickly because we only have a few lines. But I'd like to say that we are actually around 10 lines up from the bottom where we'll continue tomorrow of Nun and Bez. Andrew, give me the stink eye. And Bezat Hashem will continue with Nun and Nun Vav tomorrow. <laughs>